0: Soul is a space where women from all stages of life join the mission of Grace Church to grow closer to Jesus and each other. It's an overarching umbrella for all things community and connection for women. Whether you're sitting with your favorite mug filled with coffee or you're on the go in the car, we're glad you're here. Through soul, women are poured into, seen, filled, loved, celebrated, and everything in between. It's a force for Jesus. Let's get started. Thanks for being here today. My name's Allie. I'm the host of Soul Connection for Women podcast. I'm here with Heather Bruce. I'm so excited that we get to sit down and have a conversation together. One of the main things that we're doing here at Soul is sharing stories. We want this to be a real place for people to feel connected and deeper than surface level connection. You know, a couple ways we can do that is by sharing stories. And I hope people can get a lot from our conversation. So I'm excited to. Dive in. One of the first ways that I think we got connected, Heather, was through Reno Love. When you jumped in to serve and lead a Reno Love, do you want to tell people about Reno Love if they maybe haven't heard of it before?
1: Absolutely. I was presented with the opportunity to lead and was asked um, if that's a project that would speak to me. At the time, I knew nothing about Reno Love, and we were kind of the blind leading the blind in that. You are so wonderful and and so easy to work with. But Reno Love is a day where we go out to be the church. It is a day where we are the hands and feet of Jesus and we serve in our community and just come together and create teams, invite people to teams and We just want people to feel connected outside of the church even, and I think that we can all come together and grow closer together when we are working for a common goal of just showing people who Jesus is, and if that is by cleaning up a park or cleaning up trash or raking leaves or a playground, whatever that may look like whatever the needs are, it's a pretty cool experience to be a part of, to see everybody kind of working together, coming from all different walks of life, all different small groups and people who've never joined in the community before and are maybe a little bit more hesitant or wanting to meet people. It's really for anybody and everyone.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. What a big ask to lead a project like that. You know, It was
1: scary because yeah. I had never participated even. And so you see videos of what the vision is or what past years have been. And to be honest, I'm thinking, where do I have time to fit this in to be able to um, do something like this? We were dealing with a lot of restrictions at the time with COVID and with smoke and all of the things from the local fires. And I really just surrendered. I prayed and just told God to please use me. This is not about me and how well I can lead, or it's not going to say I was a success or a failure at this project, but really just like, God, use me so that you could have the glory so that people can come together and know who Grace Church is, who you are, what this purpose is. And so once I did that, it honestly took a lot of the pressure off because I'm a perfectionist, I'm a planner. I want things to be perfect. I want to make sure that there's going to be the perfect amount of people and everything's going to be amazing. And you can really stress about the details. And that, to me, would normally make me pull away from a project like that because I'm a control freak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We can all relate to that. We have a vision built up on how we want it to look like. What did life look like for you when you were asked to lead this project? Like, where were you at with God? What did it look like based on your community and your inner circle and family life? Tell me where you were. That's a great question.
1: I, you know, have always had a very strong faith and relationship with God. I, I was raised in the church and with a very, very strong foundation. But I think we go through things in life that, you know, gives us peaks and valleys of that. So I was at a place in my life where I was knee deep in with kids and I think I had come to Karen and told her I didn't really know my place in my faith at the time or in what God had in store for me or really knowing like what his plans were for me. I was coming to a point where my youngest was in preschool, but for the first time ever, I had all four kids in school. And so it's like, well, now what am I supposed to do with my time? Like, what is my purpose in life now? I think just praying on what that is. I was in between like different small groups, just really trying to find my place, trying to find my place here at this church and trying to find what God's speaking to me was But I think that's ever changing. It's ever flowing and you just have to be open to it because never did I imagine that he would be able to put together what he did on that day. We were in like COVID restrictions, mass mandates, the air quality was terrible. I mean, there was so much up against us. But I think when we're coming together for God, isn't that what happens? You have these spiritual warfares and attacks. And it was an incredible thing that very much changed my heart because I'm going to be totally raw and honest here It is not easy for me to give of my time, of um, not knowing always what my gifts are to give. It's not easy for me to even give financially at times because that is a very hard thing. I think through Reno love and just really being consistent in prayer. He's changed my heart on all of that to where then you come to the next phase of, okay, God, now what?
0: (laughs) Where are you going to use me next? (laughs) (laughs) We've been there. I know a lot of people relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a neat thing. It is. I loved what you said about, well, I'm used to having kids home. And for the first time, your kids are in school. And now you said, now what, God? And then answered that. That's just a really awesome thing to hear about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think we all come to places of that in our lives, right? Like different seasons of life. I was just having a conversation with my husband about it because now they're all at one school for one year for the first time ever. And I very much feel very big tugs at my heart of, What does this mean for me, God? Like, what do you have for me now? And just always, you know, trying to have those conversations and being open to what it is. My husband always tells me, you don't always have to fill every second of your day. God just wants you to, like, be the best mom you can be sometimes. And that's a big job. That's a big thing, you know. I do have very big tugs at my heart to be just involved. And I want to show and teach my kids that as well. I think that's important
0: yeah i can relate to that we're not the kids part but i relate to talking to my husband about okay we've checked these things off our list what's next yeah and sometimes he has to remind me like what's next is being where your feet are like you need to chill yes a little bit but you know it's so true that seasons change and the way that we see ourselves change also but there's has to be some things that are constant one of the things that I've followed you on social media for a little bit and know that you have your devotional time with God yes. in the morning and I'll see you post about that. Is that something that you use to kind of keep you grounded or what does that look like as seasons change?
1: It is a non-negotiable for me. Ooh, I love that. That's good. <laughs> it's come It's come to a point where, I mean, my kids at a very young age knew that they were not allowed downstairs until mommy had her devotion time, and her coffee. And that was just a non-negotiable. And it's what sets me up for the day. I feel like when we allow one day, it turns into two days, it turns into two weeks, it turns into two months, and the further and further away we become. And so I have learned very early on in just motherhood, I think, and different seasons of life that that has to remain a constant. I used to think that it would have to be first thing in the morning because that's the way that I function best. I have even found that in different seasons of life, at nighttime before bed is okay too, or during nap time, or maybe it's while you're sitting in the car and your Bible study book is right there and you have 15 minutes. I just am one, I'm a creature of habit and I need to be at the same spot in the same seat. But it is definitely, I need to give at least 15, 20 minutes of a devotion and reading scripture. And it was actually Pastor Dan that said, because I didn't grow up reading the Bible. I was very intimidated by it. And he said to start in the book of John and to Just read until one line of scripture jumps out at you and to just really soak that in for the day. And I finished the whole book of John and like felt like, oh my gosh, I got so much from that. And so then it was like, okay, I'm gonna do Matthew next. Okay, I'm gonna do Proverbs next. So that's just kind of how I do it. I know everybody sets it up for what works best for them. Being in the word every single day with a devotion on top of that, that is just going to speak to me for what I'm going through or needing in that moment, it's non-negotiable for me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really good. But I think a lot of people will be able to connect to that. And like, it, or do you have people that hold you accountable to that? In the beginning, I would say, I think I was probably doing Rooted
1: for the first time ever. And we had a group thread and we would, you know, just share something that spoke to us that day. And it didn't have to be at a specific time. But I think we said by 10 p.m., text at least one thing so that we can all hold each other accountable. Because you have to create the habit with consistency, right? It's not just going to happen and like always fall into perfect place, but it's giving yourself grace when it doesn't happen and fitting it in where you can. Now, I just feel such a tug at my heart that I am always the one that is like sending a devotion to somebody that was maybe on my heart while I read it and hey, was thinking about you. I think you would really enjoy this. Or did you get that in today? So I'm probably more of the one because I know how it's changed my heart and has shaped my life that I want that for other people. So I'm always the one like, hey, did you get that in today?
0: (laughs) That's so good. That's really cool. There's a lot of power in knowing that you're not walking by yourself when you go through something like that. Good and bad. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you have to share the struggle in that as
1: well because it's not perfect. And I used to think that if it wasn't the perfect setting, the perfect time where I could sit there in the perfect peace and quiet, that it was never going to happen. But there's never those perfect moments in our day. Let's be real. And so I think really allowing for that perfection piece to go and even talking about like, gosh, I just read right through it and none of it connected to me. Like, that's okay too. You know, that's okay. And that's how probably a lot of people feel at first. So I do, I think it's important to start in some kind of setting, even if it's just one person that can hold you accountable or walk you through it. I got my husband into the habit of it during quarantine because he would come down and want to like chit chat in the morning. And I'm like, excuse me, do you not see what I'm doing here? (laughs) (laughs) You can get your Bible and sit next to me, but we're not having a
0: conversation right now till I'm done. (laughs) Not yet, sir. Not yet. That's awesome. Tell me about some of the relationships you've had that have helped you grow closer to Jesus. Like you touched on helping other people keep you accountable. But if there's someone that you can name out, that's made a real impact on your walk with Jesus, who would that be? Oh my goodness.
1: First and foremost, Karen kind of just wrapped me up into her arms and really accepted me, accepted our family, and allowed me to ask questions that I felt very intimidated by. And she gifted me a Bible because I had like a precious moments Bible from when I was a child. And I'm like, so how do you pick out a Bible? I need a grown up Bible now. (laughs) I stood in Barnes and Noble for 20 minutes and was getting nowhere with it. She graciously bought me one and just helped me not feel intimidated by that or less than I should say. And then my rooted leader, Shauna Nelson, has been been just a gift, a true gift. She just has so much wisdom and she is just so loving and she just knows scripture so well and can just pull it from whichever way and whatever you're needing and has allowed for that space for me to grow and to ask questions and just very encouraging. And I do weekly Bible study with her. She leads our group And very like open to bring a friend. Let's all do this together. We have to show up for each other. We have to be here and she loves to read. So always sharing books that she's reading and different scripture out of the books and has just really allowed for me to be like, okay, I wanna get there someday where I could just recite scripture like that or I can connect that to this book or I can give it to somebody who's in need in that way. I would say that those two women have been the most influential for sure.
0: And I know that there's probably people listening or people who come to ladies night or come Mm -hmm. to some kind of event here where they're feeling like, how do I get that? Mm -hmm. How do I find those women and build those relationships? You had moved to Reno, what, eight years ago now? Gosh,
1: no, it was just six years. Six, not even. Okay. So
0: six years ago, how did you position yourself to be open to finding those relationships and making deeper connections and like what's the first couple steps you took that might encourage someone to do the same? I started
1: just attending different churches with my kids. I knew that I wasn't going to make it without God. I just I was hungry for it. I knew I needed it. I had four kids five and under when we moved here and didn't know a single soul. My husband was traveling and I just Needed to find where that home was going to be for us. It took me two years to find grace. But in the meantime, I was still meeting people and I was just forcing us to go to church. I needed it. I needed it with where I was. I would most definitely say mops for me really helped me meet people on a deeper level. And I just happened to meet somebody that said, oh, my sister-in-law's in mops and maybe I can get you guys connected and just so graciously shared her phone number. I reached out, asked a couple questions. I was on a wait list for a while, but it was after that that I was able to kind of see some familiar faces that made me not so timid. I think for me, just knowing what those connections have done for me, makes me more willing to reach out to others and really encourage, like, come, I'll meet you in the parking lot, I'll walk in with you, because that's where we all feel this, no matter how old we are or where we are in life, like, it's a difficult thing To walk through those doors, not knowing anybody, not knowing what to expect. And I think, too, when moving and then also I think coming out of a pandemic, people are craving connection. You need people in your life. And it is so easy to stay isolated. I know for me, I don't do well in that setting at all. It's funny for me to sit here and actually look at you and be like, I just did it because I don't know how I did it, I just did it. But I was praying and journaling a lot. I hit some really like difficult years of just motherhood, very lonely and just wanting that joy and wanting to not look back on those years and and regret anything. And I knew that God was the only answer for it. And so just continuing to reach out and putting myself in those situations that were uncomfortable and awkward, but led to me meeting so many amazing people and then wanting to in turn
0: do that for others. There's so many good things to take away from that. The first one, I think just having a level of courage to be brave enough to step through the doors and see what happens or send a text to that person and ask what group they're in. Like, it's can scary. You it makes you feel yeah. like you're in high school again, yeah. trying to get into like,
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, the cool kids club. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm really doing this. Yeah. I think that when God strips us of our ego and allows us to be humble in that, there's not really any way that that can go wrong. He's going to provide the right people in our lives at the right time that's going to take us through that season. And I can see that through every single year that we've been here in Reno. I am just so grateful all the time for the people that he continues to bless us with because I can see his hands in that. And I think when that is your prayer or your hope or what's on your heart and you allow for that to just grow or be answered, there's something to be said for that courage and to be able to step into that unfamiliar territory of how does this work? Who's who's who? (laughs) How do they all know
0: each other? Why am I not? You know, it's definitely humbling. I love that word humbling for sure because you can turn around and do that for someone else Mm -hmm. too, like you touched on. I think that there's a lot to be said about every single person that's comfortable in a group or comfortable where they are. Like It's worth it to get a little uncomfortable because there are people out there that are uncomfortable and need to be pulled up and need to be led to where they're supposed to be. And I don't know, I love that you can pay it forward in that way and call other people to do the same. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. Do you remember the first time that you walked through the doors at Grace? I do. I remember it like it was yesterday. What was that feeling?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, so many mixed emotions. I came from a very traditional Catholic background and your children are with you in mass and it's a very stressful situation trying to get them to um, sit down and kneel and stand up at all the right times. When my friend invited me and told me that there's rooms for each kid for their age group. I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) So that was already a win as I was walking through the door, but also scary, right? Because I didn't know how my kids would take to it. I didn't know if they would be okay. Like new friends for them to make, new classrooms for them to walk into. But then I walked in through the doors and I remember the conversation with my husband just saying, let's just be open. Let's just be open to whatever it is. We were invited here for a reason. It was very intimidating because there is a lot of people, you know, and everybody was very nice. And it was like, why are they so nice? Everybody's (laughs) greeting you and hello. How are you? What's your name? How old are your kids? I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody is so friendly. It was really cool that there was a coffee shop in here. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. That was definitely a perk. But I remember walking in through the doors. I have never felt so moved by music in my entire life. It was just so incredible the way that everybody was worshiping and it was beautiful. Pastor Miguel was guest speaking at the time. And his message was dead on and exactly what my husband needed to hear. Otherwise, I don't know if he would have come back or not. And he kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And I think we both just grew so much in each of our own journeys that you then like just gain this like comfort of, okay, I do belong here. I mean, just being open, I think, to the music was probably the biggest um, change for us, but it I think, softened our hearts because it's like prayer. It's like you're reading the words and it's like you're reading prayer. And then we would start listening to it in our car and you start to then catch on to the songs and you're like, okay, I can fit in here. I know this music. And it was really nice to sit in a service where you're really learning from the Bible and you're learning God's word. It makes you just more hungry for that. So the very first time was intimidating, yet very welcoming. Everybody was just so nice. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, who are these weird people? <laughs> and then they started talking about like different groups and things that they offered and then the life at Grace. And it is scary to take those steps of saying, OK, well, is it? our time to kind of learn more and and do more than just checking the box of like, okay, we attended church today. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think the progression happens. Everybody's timing is different. I remember what I was wearing. I remember seeing people (laughs) in jerseys and thinking like they're wearing football jerseys in church. Like Like, It was very, (laughs) very eye-opening, but in a beautiful way. Just so many different ages and walks of life and groups of people, but very, very
0: welcoming. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that on their first time, even if they didn't have kids to worry about or they didn't come with a husband or they didn't come with a friend. I think that's what's really beautiful about the direction we're heading with ladies night too, is you can strip all the identities that people have given you about being a wife or a mom or a grandma, or this is your job title. So that's your identity. Like you can strip all of that and still know what your heart felt when you came through those doors and on sundays like i hope that people are seen and loved and i think that's our same heartbeat for what where we're going with soul and with ladies night is like getting true connection like getting true connection where you strip all the ideas of what you think it's meant to be like and you get down to the real and the raw and where the heart really is
1: And taking that expectation away of what you really envision it to be and just being open to what it can be. For ladies night, having that time of worship to be able to just really connect yourself and not worry about, you said, all the other titles and hats and things that we identify with other than we're all needing to fill our cup in one way or another. I know for me, when I'm seeing other women or other people worship, there's times where like I would feel this like huge nudge of I need to go give that person a hug and they're going to think that I'm crazy. But this <laughs> is like what it really is about, like leaving those barriers and just allowing us to each grow in our own timing. I think it's really important that we all can just meet each other with where we are and not having that expectation. For a long time, even myself felt intimidated coming to something like that because I wasn't in a particular small group, or perhaps I was in a different small group than some of my friends. And, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not how we think that It is of like, oh, well, I'm not a part of something or I don't have people to meet there like you said or it's just, it's not clicky in that way. It is so beautiful to see so many people from so many different walks of life that can all come together and really yearning for a deeper connection with God or to hear something that will resonate, right? Like you're just like, I don't know why I'm here, but I need something to tell me why or looking for that one word or something that just speaks and
0: even a feeling yes Mm
1: -hmm. yes something something to walk away from that that left an impact
0: yeah yeah that's definitely our hope and what's cool about that I mean you sort of said it but the idea is it's like a level playing field and we're all just here for whatever reason God put us here it's all about how we're going to connect with each other on the same playing field. Yeah. It's kind of really beautiful. So it's so exciting. It's neat. Well, in the spirit of people getting to connect with each other by seeing where we really are, I think it'd be cool to wrap up by telling us like, what season are you in? What's God doing in your heart right now?
1: Is a really great question, Allie.
0: <laughs> it's okay if you don't know too. <laughs> um,
1: I am in a season of transition and I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm doing an incredible Bible study right now, Your Best Yes. I am really just allowing myself to stretch and grow in that and to hear what he wants my next moves to be because I get ahead of myself and I start feeling like I should be doing all this and I should be doing all of that I really just want to be in the season that I'm in with my children and just feel that joy and know that God has given me the best gift to be their mom and to be able to be home with them and that I get to be the one that takes them to school and work in their classrooms and pick them up and take them to their activities. I used to feel like that's not enough, but it is so much more than that. And I know that it's God's place for me right now in their lives. We don't get a redo. I definitely have been praying and journaling. What does the next season look like for me? And so I'm just kind of trying to, I think you said it earlier, be where my feet are planted Mm -hmm. and just really enjoy this season that I'm in and being open to whatever doors need to close for new doors to open and just allowing for that. I can honestly say for the first time in a very long time, I feel at peace and I do feel God's at work in my life and very much so in my children's lives and in our family I don't know what's next but that's kind of exciting because it keeps you drawing close and keeps that prayer just very very tight of okay God I'm open to whatever your calling is or whatever your plan is I'm open and I'm ready to not tell you what my plan
0: is Oh, yeah. I've had that one-way conversation with God before, too. Oh, yes. Okay, God, I think it's this. Yes. (laughs) And if it is, can you just like make like a branch, like go this way or something? Yeah. No, that's so beautiful. And I think that's a great reminder for people to not feel like there's something wrong with you because you're not in a similar season as someone else. Like it's a good reminder to be okay with being in the in-between. Yes. That's so good. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the conversation, thank Heather. You. And thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to hear people's reactions and comments. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to and I can't wait to have you guys back on on our next episode. So, thank you Heather. Thanks for thank
1: having you me. guys. Bye.